All right, so we're going to continue. Uh, we're finishing Hebrews 3 this morning. Uh, we'll be uh, working through verse 14 through 19. Uh, so you can go ahead and turn there. But as we do, just briefly, where have we been in chapter 3? We started in verse 1, this idea that, that we share in a heavenly calling. That we share in this invitation that we've received from Jesus Christ. And it's this invitation to a great salvation. But our salvation, as we're learning in Hebrews, it's, it's this process that occurs over time. If you guys will look at this slide, I, I, I tried to put this in words. So we have been brought out of slavery by Jesus. Okay, that's how our salvation began. That's what occurred in the past. And we are following Jesus through suffering now. That's the present. We're, we're, we're following Him. We're with Jesus. We're with each other. And in the end, it will be to glory with Jesus. We're following Him to glory. He's bringing us to glory. That's the past, the present, and the future of this great salvation that we are walking through. And the focus of this letter has been the present. Okay, As we are walking with Jesus, following Jesus through suffering on our way to glory. And in that, the priority, as we've seen, is to fix your thoughts on Jesus. Okay, As we're in this present process of our salvation, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Okay, that's been very clear as we've gone through Hebrews. And I just keep asking myself, why? Why would anyone, why would I, why would you, if we've been brought out of slavery by Jesus, and now we're in the process of being brought to glory by Jesus, like, why would we turn from, not focus on, not fix our thoughts on Jesus? Why would we do that? And we learned last week it's because of our hearts. Our hearts are our problem. Because our hearts, they can become stubborn. And when our hearts become stubborn, then we turn away from Jesus. We don't fix our thoughts on Him. And the solution involves each other. With our hearts. We share our hearts with each other. We're to be involved with each other in these consistent, regular relationships where we encourage one another. We might correct each other. We might comfort each other. We might help strengthen each other. We're encouraging one another. And we do that so that our hearts don't grow hard. We do that with our brothers and sisters regularly, as it said, daily. That's our responsibility to each other. And as I look back at Hebrews, in these first three chapters, there is an urging. There's a, there's a pleading that the author is communicating over and over and over again. Urging us, like, continue. Don't stop. Continue. Continue to follow Jesus. Continue to follow Him to glory. Don't stop. Continue. Don't turn. Continue. Focus on Him. Repeatedly, it says that over and over again. And my question is, does that bring us any concern? 
nos lleva, nos trae un poco de preocupación. Are we concerned? Warning after warning after warning. Does that, does that leave you like concerned about continuing to follow Jesus? Does that leave you with anything in your heart that we could not continue to fix our thoughts on Jesus? That I could continue not to fix my thoughts on Jesus? That you could continue not to fix your thoughts on Jesus? We need to think about that. It's been repeated. He's warning us. Again and again. There must be a reason why he's warning us. There must be a reality to that danger. And if we read this and if we study this, and an alarm doesn't go off in your heart, an alarm doesn't go off in your head, and we should be concerned. This is what should happen in your heart and your head. Bang, 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 bang. Bang, bang, bang. Doesn't stop. It keeps going. Bang, 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 bang. The alarm is not stopping. He started in chapter 1. He continues to warn us in chapter 2. He's continuing to warn us in chapter 3. Like there's this alarm that's going off. Caution, warning. As he shares with us. And I don't want us to be stubborn to it. I want us to listen to it. I want us to hear this warning. If he's concerned, if the author's concerned, then shouldn't we be concerned? Shouldn't we take that to heart? And so I want you to listen to the warnings, just a couple, from Hebrews that we've heard. God's word to us. Chapter 2, verse 1. We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, right? What we've heard through Jesus, in Jesus and through Jesus, so that we do not drift away. Warning. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Okay? Chapter 3, verse 12. See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. Warning. Encourage. Encourage each other to fix your thoughts on Jesus. Okay, and these are just a couple. But in the present process, as we are in this process of salvation, we are to fix our thoughts on Jesus because I can drift away, you can drift away, we can drift away. That's the reality of the warning that the author is giving us. And so saying that, does that wake you up? Are you alert? Do I need to yell more? I can keep yelling and then my yelling, you'll just be like, oh, he's just yelling. We can't sleep through the alarm. We can't tune it out. 
dejar de escucharlo. And so I want us to consider the truth of this letter, the truth of what the author is communicating. Because how we receive this warning, it depends really on what we think about the Christian faith, what we think about what it means to follow Jesus Christ. Do you believe that following Christ means that we're alert, that we're intentional, that we're paying attention, that we're looking for opportunities to be in relationships and encourage others, that we're actively participating, that we are focusing, that we're striving together? Or do you think the Christian walk following Christ means that you can relax? You might even be a little bit apathetic. I'm just trying to get through today so I can make it to tomorrow. I'm just looking for the easiest way around my problems. I'm looking to avoid problems. I want to limit my difficulties. I'm going to avoid relationships and avoid having to pour into other people's life and encourage them. I'm just going to coast through as Jesus brings me to glory. I'm hoping. I'm seeking. I'm even looking to enjoy some comfort for myself. What's your perspective on what it looks like to follow Christ? Which one of those is your answer? Because how you see it is determines how you will respond to this warning. Will you listen to it? Will you put it into action? Or will you dismiss it? And I would tell you that following Jesus is not easy. It's not smooth. The difficulties don't go away. Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. Okay, That's what Jesus said. That's what it means to follow him. Okay? You can't coast and follow Jesus. There's no way that you can coast and follow Jesus. Following Jesus is a fight. And as the author is communicating here, it is a fight of faith. Where we continue in faith. I was telling Melanie this morning, as I was trying to explain this, it's like you wake up every morning, we should hear the bell, okay? You're stepping into the ring. This is a fight, okay? If you were walking into the ring with someone that was about to beat you down, would you be like that? Would you relax? Would your shoulders shrug? There's a 250-pound man across the ring coming after you. You would be alert, right? You'd be ready. You'd be paying attention. You'd be listening and focusing. Following Jesus is a fight. It's a fight of faith. And we need to be prepared. We need to be alert, ready, focused for the fight. So with that concern, okay, with that perspective, that's the perspective I want us to have as we read this passage. Okay, that we have that in mind because that's what has been communicated to us. And with that in mind, let me read chapter 3, verse 14 through verse 19. It says, We have come to share in Christ 
If indeed we hold our original conviction firmly to the very end, as has just been said today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Who were they who heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies perished in the wilderness? And to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were un not able to enter because of their unbelief. We're going to start with verse 14. Right. We're going to spend the majority of our time on verse 14 because verse 15 through 19 okay, is an explanation or an illustration of verse 14. And so I want us to start with that first phrase, we have come to share in Christ. This has been said very similarly in verse 1 of chapter 3, right? We share in this heavenly calling, okay? We share in Christ. We share in this heavenly calling. We share in this invitation. We share in this great salvation. We're active partners. Not because of us. Not because of who we are. Not because of what we've done. But because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done. And we're now participating in this process of salvation. This is something that I've taught before. Okay? Salvation is not a second event. Okay? It's a lifetime event. As we walk through Philippians, we realize that we have been in the past freed from the penalty of sin. As we walk through life, we're being freed from the power of sin. And then one day in the future, we'll be freed from the presence of sin. Okay? But we didn't respond to Christ, and now we're at the right hand of the Father. We're not in glory, okay? It's a process now that we're walking through. As I started an introduction, this is what Hebrews has been teaching. In the past, we were saved from, we were brought out of slavery by Jesus. Now we are following Jesus through suffering, and one day we'll be with him in glory. You can see the past, the present, and the future in both of those examples. Faith is a process. Salvation is a process. And it's a process that's from beginning to end. Look what it says in verse 14. Hold our original conviction, this conviction in the past, the original belief, the original faith. We hold that, we continue with that firmly to the very end. We start with faith, we continue by faith, and we finish with faith. You're like, but isn't salvation by grace? Absolutely. What does Ephesians say? Ephesians 2 says, For you've been saved by grace through faith. Okay? It's by grace, what Jesus did, who Jesus is. And we walk through faith. We receive it by faith. We continue by faith. We finish by faith. And then verse 14 brings up a question. 
a question about our salvation and how we understand our salvation. And there's a big, in the English, there's an if. Okay. And the if can be confusing. And let me... And let me be clear. This is not a cause and effect statement. It's not saying, verse 14 is not saying that because they held their original conviction firmly to the end, the effect or they came to sharing Christ. Okay? It's not because they did that, then they had salvation. It's actually, they had salvation and we see that because they held their original conviction firmly to the end. Those who share in this salvation, they begin through faith, they continue through faith, and they finish the salvation through faith. The salvation we share, it's demonstrated through the faith we keep in the process. Okay. Authentic faith. Authentic saving faith is enduring faith. It's a faith that starts, it's a faith that continues, and it's a faith that finishes. It's a faith that will carry us to the end. And there might still be confusion. Exactly what are you saying? And I don't want to say more than the passage is saying. I want us to understand this as the author communicated so we can receive it. And I'm like, well, I need an illustration. I need an illustration to help better understand what do you mean this isn't a cause and effect statement? Like, we think, right, in the Western world, we think cause and effect. I do this, I get that. And let me show you an illustration that Jesus used that I think is in a similar manner, uh, relating a very similar truth. Matthew 7, verse 24 through 27. This is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount. This is the longest, most extensive teaching that we have of Jesus that's recorded in Scripture. And at the end, this is the illustration that he gives. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice, we've heard, we put it into practice, who has faith, is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice, those who do not have faith, 
is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So I want to ask a few questions about that illustration that Jesus uses. You guys tell me, who is it that hears? Who is it that heard the words of God, the words of Christ? Who heard him? Everyone. Verse 24, everyone who hears. Verse 26, everyone who hears. They all heard. Everyone's included, but how did they respond? There were two ways that they could respond. One was this wise man. I would say he responded with faith. He heard these words and he responded to those words by building a house, believing and following Jesus' words. He heard Jesus' words and he put them into action. Okay? The other man, the foolish man, the other response is without faith. The foolish man builds a house after hearing these words, even knowing these words, but he chooses to ignore those words. They both heard Jesus. One received and followed. One heard and ignored. One had faith, one did not. And what were the two end results? What happened at the very end? One had life. One encountered destruction. For the wise man, the flood came. And the house that was built through faith, it stood. He survived because in the process of building his house, he fixed his thoughts on the words that Jesus had given him and the instruction that he had received. The foolish man, the flood came and his house was destroyed because as he was in this process and process of building his house, he ignored the words that Jesus had shared. He ignored the instructions. He didn't follow it. So you tell me, what was the difference between the two men? What was the, the original difference, okay? At the very beginning, okay? Not how they built their house, not how their house ended up, but at the very beginning, what was the difference between the two men? Anybody? Where? Before that. Originally. Before the foundation. One was wise. One was foolish. Okay. Now let me ask you a question. Did the wise man 
become wise because he built his house on the rock, on the words of Jesus through faith? Did he become wise or was he already wise? And, and was the foolish man, was he, did he become foolish because he built his house on the sand or was he already foolish? Okay. The one man was wise. He had wisdom. He was presently wise. And therefore, he listened to the words of Jesus and continued to build his house, and his house stood. Okay? In verse 14 of Hebrews, it is telling us we have this salvation. It is a present salvation. And because we have this present salvation, then we'll continue by faith according to the original conviction that we have. The way we started is the way we're going to continue and is the way we're going to finish. Our salvation begins with faith. Our salvation continues with the same faith. And that salvation is finished by the same faith. Let me say again what I said before. Authentic saving faith is enduring faith. It's a faith that will start you, a faith that will continue you, and a faith that will finish you. It will bring you to the end. It's through faith we have come to share in Christ. And then indeed we will continue to follow Jesus through suffering. Or we have not come to share in this heavenly calling and we will not follow Jesus to the very end. Okay? That's the comparison. That's what's being shown here. Either you have it and you continue or you don't have it and you won't. We do not lose our salvation. But it's a salvation that occurs through a process. Through faith in our lives. Through faith. We listen to the words to begin our salvation. We continue to listen to the words of Jesus to continue our salvation. And then we listen to the words of Jesus to finish our salvation. Faith takes us through that. And so, as has just been said, verse 15, today, if you hear his voice, if you hear his words, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Today, in the present, okay, if we've already heard his word, but today, if you hear his word, don't harden your hearts. Continue to listen. Continue to respond to the words of God that we have received through Jesus. We've begun that. We must continue that. And so to continue to listen to the words of Jesus, to continue to fix our thoughts on Jesus, the author gives us encouragement through the illustration 
of the Israelites, God's people then, so that we can make application of our life as God's family now. Okay, so the rest of this is an explanation of verse 14. It's an illustration that the author is using to explain verse 14. Verse 16 says, Who were they who heard and rebelled? Okay, this is a negative example. Who was it that received God's word but did not put God's word into action? Who was it that had God's word but didn't hold to their original conviction firmly to the end? Okay, who was it that heard and rebelled? Were they not all those Moses led out of Egypt? They began by faith. Their original conviction, it moved them to action. They heard God's word through Moses and they responded. Okay? They responded and came out of slavery in Egypt. They left their homes. They followed Moses. They followed him through the Red Sea. They followed him into the wilderness. And you might look back at that and like, whoa, they left their homes. They, they took off from slavery. And this, this enslavement that, that Pharaoh had over them, they followed Moses into the desert. And as they did that, God parted the Red Sea. Like, what? They're like super Christians. That they would do that. That they would begin that way. Verse 17. And with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned? Whose bodies perished in the wilderness? They began with faith, but they didn't continue with the same faith. They come into the wilderness, and even though God was present with them, God was a, a, a cloud of smoke by day and a pillar of fire by night, even though God cared for them, He provided water for them out of a rock, He, he sent down manna from heaven, even though God spoke to them, He gave them His law, through Moses, describing himself, describing his ways. But with difficulty, they didn't continue. They would not listen or follow God's words. As a result, it says they sinned, which literally means they went off the mark. They, they stumbled. They, they strayed. They, they moved away from what God had shown them, from what God had communicated to them. With difficulty, they started murmuring. They began to complain. And they turned away from the word of God to their death. That's what it says. That's what it communicates. And that's a negative example. Let me give you a positive example. The first baptism we had as a church 
over four years ago. Almost five years ago. Sergio and Mary Cruz. Sergio began by faith. He came out of the slavery to death that he had been in his entire life. And it has been a privilege and it has been an encouragement to watch Sergio over the last four plus years. Because Sergio is continuing by the same faith that he came out of slavery. He is continuing now with that same faith. And his life has not become easy. Okay? I would say his life is even harder than it was before. There's been more difficulties. And there's been difficulty after difficulty after difficulty with his family, with his job, everything you can imagine he's experienced. And he continues. The same faith. Listening to the word of God. Continuing to respond to the word of God. Following Jesus. Right? He's continuing. He's not stopping. He's not turning. And I don't know that I've ever heard Sergio murmur. Or complain. And it's not because he primarily speaks Spanish and I primarily speak English, okay? If we can joke with each other and carry on a conversation, then he can murmur to me. I've never heard him murmur. I've never heard him complain. I've never heard him have that perspective. And yet he continues by faith. The question for me. The question for you. The question for us that is being asked here. Will we continue by faith? Will we continue with the same faith that we began with? Will we continue to walk forward? Will we continue to follow Jesus? Will we follow him all the way to the end? Will we continue in this process? Are we willing to do that? Even when there's difficulties, there will be difficulties. There are difficulties. Will we continue with the same faith? I was talking with Trent last night as I tried to go through this because this message was very difficult for me. And we began to talk about situations in the church and people and how we're caring for them and how to respond, what to do and what does truth and grace look like in this situation. And as we're done, we're walking back into his house. I'm like, this is never going to end. This is just going to keep on going. People are going to keep having issues. We're going to keep experiencing difficulties. Like, when's this going to be over? And I said that flippantly. This morning I'm preparing I'm like, okay God, I get it. There will be an end. And my job, our job is to continue right now. Continue through this situation. Continue with each other. Continue by faith to encourage each other. To put our thoughts and fix our thoughts on Jesus. Again and again and again and again. That we would finish to the end. And I want to be clear about the illustration of the Israelites. It was over a lifetime. 
that they were in the wilderness. Okay? It was over 40 years. Okay? They didn't fall into or stumble into sin or go a little off course. Okay? It was consistent, ongoing, unrepentant sin. We know your words, I hear your words, I understand your words, and I am going to choose not to follow your words. And I'm going to continue to choose not to follow your words. And as I walk through life, I'm going to continue to choose not to follow your words. Okay? It's not a slip. It's not a sin here, sin there. It's unrepentant sin that they would not turn to God. They repeatedly turned away from him. And their hearts were hard. Look at verse 18. And to whom did God swear? That they would never enter his rest? If not to those who disobeyed. They didn't finish. He, on oath, swore to them, you will never enter my rest. Right? They, they did not make it to the promised land. They didn't cross over Jordan. They didn't go there. Because ultimately, they willfully disobeyed. Again, repeatedly, directly. It's interesting here in verse 18 it talks about this disobedience. They didn't enter his rest because of disobedience. That's a very different word, a very uh, a much stronger word than sin. Okay? Sin could be where they wavered off, right? They were off the mark. This disobedience, they disobeyed, it is obstinate. It is no, no, no. My way, not your way. I will not listen to you. I will not do what you're saying. And I will continue. And because of that disobedience, they didn't enter his rest. So in conclusion, verse 19, the author, looking back at that entire experience, how they began, how they continued, and how they finished, in verse 19 he says, so we see that they were not able to enter, they were not able to finish because of their unbelief. They did not finish because they did no not have faith. No it wasn't because they didn't hear. No fue no it wasn't because they didn't know. No fue no it's because they heard his fue words, they understood his words, and yet they wouldn't put them into action. No and it says they rebelled. No we cannot hear his words and rebel. I'm not rebelling. You're rebelling if you're not putting his words into action. I'm just hanging out. I'm just trying to get to tomorrow. I'm just trying to avoid difficulty. You're rebelling. Because he says, put my words into actions. And we are being told over and over again, warning, be aware, fix your thoughts on Jesus. Okay? Don't fix your thoughts on yourself. Fix your thoughts on Jesus. Pursue that. Go after that. Fight for that. 
and continue by faith. Hagan batalla, continúen por fe. Let's fight for faith together. We're not alone. God has put us together. Last week, encourage one another. Okay? As we move into chapter 4, we're going to see what that looks like. But before we got to chapter 4, the author is very clear. Understand this truth, the reality, the warning, the danger. You have to continue. Since you have to continue, now we're going to walk with each other. We're going to encourage one another. We're going to walk by faith. And we're going to see what that looks like. We who share in this heavenly calling, we begin by faith, we continue by faith, and we finish this salvation through faith together. That's what's communicated here. That's the truth that we need to understand. And I will tell you that um, as I've studied this, not just this week, but weeks before, as I see some of those verses and some of those warnings, like, I don't want to deal with that necessarily. I don't want to try and communicate that. And it's not some little truth you can put on a magnet and stick in your pocket, okay? And completely understand what the author is saying here. I can't give you that, because that's not communicated here. It's something that we should struggle with, something that we should be in tension with. This passage is difficult. It's heavy. And I desire to proclaim it accurately and that we would consider it and apply it fully. It's here for our benefit. We all need to hear this word. There is a purpose for this word in all of our lives. And I know that we are family, and as a family, uh, we've got lots of members in many different situations, in many different places as they walk through this process of salvation, in many different places of understanding. And, and, and how do I say this in a way that everyone can receive it and, and someone doesn't misunderstand and it doesn't discourage someone? And I felt like God spoke to me. Share my word. Communicate my word. I'll take care of the rest. Now that doesn't mean we're not going to have to walk through it with each other. Okay? We need to process this together. But we need to start with the truth. We need to start with what God has communicated. This warning that is clear. And for us to understand it. For us to process it. But we all need to hear it. So some of you, they, we need to hear this word because we need to be encouraged to continue to fight the fight of faith. Continue on. Don't stop. Continue fighting as you're fighting. Some of you need to hear this word because honestly, you need to be convicted. It's not my job to convict you. The Holy Spirit will convict you and say, are you continuing by faith? Are you fighting by faith? Are you fighting by faith today? Are you going to fight by faith tomorrow? Like, you need to consider that. And you might be convicted that, wow, I'm not. And I need to get in the fight. I need to continue. 
And some of you need to hear this word. And not, let me repeat, not allow the enemy to twist it and present it to you as a false accusation that you do not have and you will not share in Christ. Okay? Some of you might be hearing that in your hearts right now. You need to take that to the Lord. You need to take that to the Word. Okay? Did I begin by faith? Am I continuing by faith? Okay? Don't let the enemy falsely accuse you. But we all need to hear this Word and receive it as a sober warning about our great salvation that we have received that we share with Christ that starts with faith that continues with faith and that finishes by faith we're not meant to be alone we're in this together and so my encouragement this morning is for us to process this together okay uh, I would encourage in our household communities process this if you're struggling with this process this encourage one another with the truth with God's word and your sibling groups and, and if you want to do it more intimately with, with a few individuals share with them encourage one another with God's word and I'm going to have afterwards if, if, if you're just overwhelmed with us now that is not my intent okay but I want to have the leaders are available after uh, my wife Nidia Trent Bonnie Melanie Emmanuel Elvis Ashley Mark and Bree, come to them. Come talk. Don't leave here in pieces. Don't leave here confused. Okay? That's not the intent of God's Word. Don't leave here to process this on your own. And let me pray. Lord, here... Here's our heart. Speak what is true. Let us hear what is true. And let us by faith respond to what is true. To your word. Your words to us that in these last days you have spoken to us through your Son, through Jesus. That he is the Word become flesh. Lord, help our hearts to treasure your Word even when we don't fully understand it, when we don't fully agree with it. Lord, that we will be humble before it that in faith we would receive it. God, I pray that you would fill us with your Spirit to understand your truth, to proclaim your truth, and to live out your truth together as a family and that we would encourage each other to continue through faith and that we would finish through faith together. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.